Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Jordan Gate Part 2, we took a little bit more of an investigative journalistic approach to this. We broke down all the facts, then we got into our thoughts and opinions. And this is equally as emotional as last week, so buckle up. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome to Jordan Gate Part 2. Last week, I started the episode by saying that we have entered a full-blown state of Kardashian emergency. You would think that five days later that would have subsided, but it hasn't. <laughs> Last week, you could hear in our voices the intensity and the passion and how shaken we were. And that still exists today. We have a lot more facts, but we are still equally as emotional and as into the story. And there is so much that we have to get into. How are you doing over there? Honestly, I mean, I'm just really happy to be here. (laughs) I feel like we've waited our entire lives for this. Um, So last week, basically, we talked for a long time, but all we knew was Hollywood Unlocked broke the story and Malika, Chloe, and Larsa Pippen seemingly confirmed it with three Instagram comments. And that is it. We had no other information. Now, there is so much more information, which also means there are so many more questions. So we figure the best way to do this is kind of break down for you guys every single thing that we know has happened since the last time we spoke so that you can be completely up to date. That includes little tweets you may have missed or Instagram stories or anything. So we're going to break down the facts that we have since we have a lot more facts, and then we're going to really get into the rest and our thoughts and a lot of the theories and everything you guys sent. There's so much to get into, and we are so excited. This is the shit we live for. Are you ready? Literally born ready. Literally born ready. I know. Okay. So, as I said last time, all we knew, Hollywood Unlock breaks the story. Jason Lee uploads that video saying one of his writers was at the house and saw Jordan and Tristan. She left at 7 a.m. Okay, we post that video. Chloe, Malika, Larsa, all comment. That was all we had. Now, since then, the first kind of development that happened was Chloe, which she does frequently, started posting to her Instagram story. And specifically, she posted three incredibly cryptic stories that everybody was talking about. We probably got them sent to us a thousand times. So the three were this. The first was, the worst pain is getting hurt by a person you explained your pain to. 
obviously she was referencing the fact that when Tristan cheated on her the first time, she expressed her pain to Jordan, and now Jordan is the one causing her that pain. So that was pretty telling. The second was, somebody needs to hear this. That betrayal was your blessing. The third was, if they ask you about me, tell them she was the only person that I loved me with honesty, and I broke her. That one really got me. That one got me. And then the last picture was um, a cartoon of, of a girl crying. So we had those three. So that to us was like, okay, that's more confirmation. That's more confirmation. She's being incredibly vocal about the pain she's experiencing. Then she takes to Twitter where she didn't tweet anything, but someone tweeted and said, at Khloe Kardashian, don't let anyone say this is your fault. He's a sick man. And if it's true, then she is a terrible woman. Both terrible people that do not deserve your love. True does. And you're doing great showing her that love. Chloe liked that tweet. That, I mean. Well, like, the thing is that I guess liking a tweet doesn't usually seem like much, but when you consider that the Kardashians are so obscenely calculated in every single thing they do, it to like that tweet speaks volumes. Volumes. I mean, that was that was a that was a headline like, everywhere. Not just for confirmation, just like the contents of the tweet, like everything about it. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like he was saying, it wasn't like the person was saying that was fucked up. The person explicitly said, if it's true, he's a bad person and she's so a bad person. And she liked that. So that spoke a lot. I mean, I know you guys were freaking out. We got that sent us a lot. So then the third thing that happened was that Chloe had her first public appearance since this whole scandal. It was a Pretty Little Things launch. And she was there with Malika. She looked gorgeous. She walked in. And someone tweeted the video of her walking in and said, listen, if your man publicly cheats on you, are you going to go to go to a public appearance? Of course, Kim, which as we always say is a ride or die bitch. Kim comes out and she tweets, would you prefer she lose the money too? A single mom has to work too, boo. This was a professional commitment plan far in advance and you better believe she's not waiting on anyone to pay her bills or provide for her daughter, period. Kim is, no, no joke, Kim is the ride or die bitch. You said it last time. I used to say it about Jordan. Listen. R.I.P. Oh, my God. Back in the day. I know. No, you said it last time about Kim. Kim goes harder than anyone in these situations, and she does it in such a, almost like a classy way. Yeah, but it's like she physically can't contain her emotions, and she does it with like, first of all, she goes hard, but she also does it in such a snarky way, too, that it's like so fitting to her personality and like, a lot of times, especially with Chloe, I think that's exactly what she needs is like that Kim that's there that's like kind of like reminding her why it's so fucked up. Completely. Like sometimes you just need to be told over and over again that what somebody did to you is fucked up. Kim is like that friend that hypes you up. Yeah, she's, like, she's, the, she's the ultimate hype she's man. She's the ultimate hype man in these types of situations. Um, okay, Julie, take us through, through since what happened after that tweet. So after that tweet, so fans noticed that the Jordan lip kit was being sold for 50% off, which you can look at this two ways in my opinion. One, like, that's like, fuck you. Your product means nothing to me. I'm selling it for half off. Two, which is how I honestly look at it, somebody on Kylie's marketing team went, holy fuck, mark this half off and it's going to sell out like crazy. And it was sold out within minutes. Yeah. It was genius. Truly, it was a genius marketing marketing move. Everyone thought it was so shady. I don't think it was. I don't even think Kylie knew that they did that until it was posted. I think, I mean, I think she knew because I think she has a final say, but I think that it's just like, this is not a regular family getting into the biggest betrayal fight. It's also a family that has such a massive uh, consumer product empire. So any way that they can capitalize on it, they're going to. And it's it's just so smart. It is just so smart. Right. And it made for such a fucking good meme. And last week we, we, we had said on the podcast that 
um, Jordan wasn't on the Good American website. That wasn't true at the time. It was just like we, it, people were reporting it, but they didn't look in the right places, I guess. Now it's confirmed that she's no longer on the Good American website. Yeah. Um, so after, you know, the tweets and the lip kit, Kim posts a series of Insta stories. This is the morning after the event that Chloe went out for. And it's Chloe, Malika, and Kim in the car singing. They said that they're, like, on a girl's trip. Most of them were deleted after the fact, but they were posted, and it spoke volumes all at that the matters. time. Um, and they were singing Don't Mess With My Man by Nivea. And the most, no, like, they were singing the line that was, like, here's a little advice for you. Find your own man. And, like, again, Kim doing it in the snarkiest, most Kim way ever. She couldn't get enough. It wasn't of Chloe. Like, she panted Chloe for a second. But for anybody who didn't see this because it was deleted, I'm sure you can see it. Uh, uh, there's Snapchats, videos of it everywhere. But it was just her and Malika going back and forth. And that was like, holy shit. It was literally them singing to the camera, like, find your own man. Yeah, it was. Oh, oh my God. God. I, I it was wonder, as direct as it gets. Truly. And a lot of people were saying, like, why do you think it was deleted? I think that there's a, I don't know. I mean, it could be just to create hype. But I think also partially, maybe they got so carried away in the moment. And then they're like, you know what? I think this is maybe a little insensitive to Kylie. That's that what, what I thought? was thinking too. Totally. Because I think that. And they were so focused on the Chloe and making sure she was okay. And it wasn't so much the singing of that song. It was just like, if you looked at their facial expressions, like they were so like laughy and giggly and like, holy fuck. Like they, they like they honestly felt on top of the world because they were the ones that was like, that they, they were the ones that were like, fuck you, Tristan. Like, look at us. We don't give a shit. We couldn't care. Like, look at us singing. And I think, I think honestly it was probably Chloe that was like, you have to take those down because if Kylie sees you laughing about this, it's going to break her. Right. I I, I think that that's a great uh, assumption and, and very possible. We also have to remember that Chloe has like years on top of Kylie. Like she's so much older. She's been through so much more. Like Kylie's obviously been through a lot like with her dad and with all of these things. But like emotionally, I don't think she's prepared for this in a way that Chloe is. No, and honestly, I don't even think Chloe's prepared for this, but I do think she's a lot more prepared than I think that Chloe almost in her life, and this is such a sad thing to say, but I think it's true. She has had a lot of disappointment and has had a lot of betrayal that there's a part of me that feels like she kind of expects it. Like, I think she would be more surprised if she had that fairy tale ending, which we all know she's going to have and we're rooting for, versus like, this is kind of like business as usual. Whereas Kylie doesn't have as much experience with that, right. I think, from what we know, again. I think I think Chloe has an incredible, and rightfully so, an incredible amount of trust issues where I think that life has been a little kinder to Kylie. And, you know, I think this is her first true heartbreak. You know, I think when she broke up with Tyga, she was upset. But I, I think the love that her and Jordan have is, is so different and so much deeper than what they had. And I think this is truly the first time that she's like, that heartbreak where is that something that Chloe is unbelievably familiar I with. I totally agree. Let's keep going in the chronological order of events that happened and then we're going to break them down. So then, you know, on all of our minds, what we want to know is what the fuck is Jordan doing? Like, where is she? What is she looking like? What is she? We, we, we hear reports that she's just dropped, but nobody sees anything. So then she had her launch of her eyelash kit that she's been working on for nine months. And everybody's wondering, is she going to go? Is she not going to go? And we had seen some snap stories that they were setting up the event and everybody was so curious if she was going to make an appearance. So she does. Um, she was introduced by a woman who said, you know, we're really happy to have her. We wish her all the success in the world. Jordan walks out in this all white silk kind of jumpsuit. Um, and she says, 10 second speech, like through everything that's been going on, you know, it's been real. And, I, and Eiler has been real. And she was like, I've been working on this for nine months. And that was it. She hugged the woman and she walked out. Reports surfaced that she was sitting in the back crying the whole time. I don't know if that was true, but I will say in the one picture we saw of her from the car leaving with her mom, she looked incredibly distraught. Yeah. 
Like she looks like it, like it genuinely looked like it had aged her almost. I know. It really, really did. Um, what we know in terms of reports, again, I can't speak to the truth of this, but this is what we read, that apparently she's been trying to reach out to Kylie and Chloe with no success um, since then. So I really don't know. Something I think that's really interesting also about the Eiler event is that somebody had posted on Instagram that they were at the event and apparently they told major influencers that the event had been canceled. Yeah, apparently. And again, I don't know if this is true. Right, very allegedly. Allegedly, but one of the one of the uh, makeup artists that was there, he posted this video that said, you know, you would have thought that it would have been a little more packed because I thought people would want to see what's going on. Like this, I thought it was going to build hype. They wanted to see her, but apparently the company was going around like telling the influencers it was canceled because they didn't want the media attention because they knew how negative the media attention would be. Right. Which I also saw a picture that the eyelashes are already on sale. Wow. It's so crazy. It's like they work so hard on this project. What happens in there? Is there, do you think there was a part of their agreement that said if the client engages in any, you know, behavior that is damaging to her public life that then caught, like they screw themselves you basically. Know, I'm sure there, I'm sure there was a morality clause in it. Like if at any time we feel that your values don't align with ours, we have the right to like end this contract, whatever. Keeping in mind that this happened, what, two days before the reveal, there's no way they could have ended it. And I don't know if this falls under morality. You I don't know, know either. I, I really, like, in my opinion, it doesn't. In my opinion, it would be wrong for a brand to cancel something that happened in your personal life that doesn't reflect, you know, the brand and, and everything else. But again, when you create this big of a spectacle and, and it could be this damaging to the brand, I could understand how they would make it a morality clause. I know. Um, okay, the next thing that happened in the world of Kardashian speaking out at all about this is Mike Lee, the creator of The Bachelor, came out and said that they're in talks, he's in talks with Chloe and Chris for Chloe to become the next bachelorette. Kim immediately responded to this, basically being like, This is bullshit. He was like, How would Kim know they have confidentiality agreements? Kim, in the fucking badass bitch that she is, posted a screenshot of her text with Kylie and with Chloe and Chris that said, Are you guys in talks with the bachelorette? And they were like, No. Like, yeah, Chloe literally was like, Ew, put some respect on my name. Yeah. Like and how classless of The Bachelor to do that, it really was disgusting. And the thing that was so interesting about that tweet is that he tweets out that Chloe's going to be The Bachelor and that they're in talks. Then Kim's like, no, you're not. No, they're not. And he's like, well, how would you know? They have to sign an NDA. And it was like, well, how are you releasing that information then also? Like, obviously. <laughs> no, that was, that was pretty classless. And then Chloe writes, um, she responds to the tweet. She says, I'm not fucking clickbait right now. Clickbait right now. Stop or you will be hearing from my lawyers. How insensitive. Which I totally agree. I thought that that was pretty low and pretty fucked up, but I was happy that they spoke about it. Um, and then as of today, like literally last night, Chloe posted two very cryptic stories. One was, no matter how much a snake sheds skin, it's still a snake. And the second one was people reveal themselves through their actions. These could not have been more targeted. I literally felt like she was Googling like inspirational quotes when your baby daddy cheats on you with your sister's best friend. Literally, they were the most, I thought she'd written them herself, some the, of them. There is no, sometimes she posts things that have a little bit of amb ambiguity to them. Not this one. No, This no. was so targeted. You knew exactly what she was talking and about. And the snake one was interesting because Chloe had Instagrammed that picture of her wearing that giant snake necklace in the yeah. middle of all of You mean this. Courtney. Courtney, I mean, sorry. Yeah, which also there's, that's a, not, that's not, you don't randomly Instagram a picture of yourself naked in a Bulgari snake necklace when there isn't a snake scandal going. Like, it just. Well, that would be ridiculous. That would be ridiculous. It would be absurd. Yeah, would be, yeah. No, it just, it would be absurd. Um, okay, so in terms of, I know last week we kind of spoke to the fact that Julie and I don't take the whole unfollowing thing as seriously as everybody else does, but since everybody else seems to care so much, we'll give you an update, which is as of 
10.17 a.m. on Monday, February 25th, when we're recording this. This is what we know of as of right now. So if it comes out later and things have changed, everybody in the family, with the exception of Chloe, has unfollowed Tristan. And everybody has unfollowed Jordan, with the exception of Kylie and Kendall, right? Correct. So, wow. <laughs> no, it do, I mean, listen, I know we said last week that it, it didn't say a lot. I meant it didn't say a lot when it hadn't been taken action right away, that it wasn't the, in the forefront thought of their mind to unfollow. Right. Since they have actually unfollowed, yeah, that speaks volumes no, to me. I completely agree. Also, just a couple of clarification things that people were curious about. Kylie posted a story with someone who you can see her, so people thought it was Jordan. It wasn't Jordan. It was her friend, Heather Sanders, so no one freak out. She wasn't with I Jordan. I think like there's a few things that we, like rumors that we should dispel. We ha- I think that before we can even get into our thoughts and all the conspiracies and the amazing insight that you guys gave, we really do have to kind of, there's so much confusion out there, so we want to make this as clear as possible to anyone that's really trying to follow along. So that was one point of clarification. Um, is there something else that you thought? Another thing I want to clarify is that Kind of to, and not even to clarify, just to dispel the rumor that this was a setup and that like somebody believes that Jordan is this unbelievable martyr that would sacrifice herself. That's ridiculous. If they wanted to catch Tristan cheating, if they want, they would have used somebody else. They would have used somebody completely unrelated to the family, had them sign an NDA and set them up. Not that I think that that would have necessarily happened, but if it were, they would never have destroyed Jordan's life just do this. And why would Jordan agree to that? No, that's the thing. People people have seriously messaged us, dead serious, and we're like, listen, I think Kris Jenner paid Jordan between 2 and $10 million to do this. And, you know, it's part, it's part of her deal. And, she, and I'm like, that is ridiculous because in the process, she's— then what what about Kylie? Like there's that's to me that is just such a convoluted thought process. Yeah, and and that's what I said and I was like the this is so unbelievable that people are more willing to believe that this was a elaborate conspiracy theory to destroy Tristan's life and and you know use Jordan as bait than people are willing to believe that Jordan just fucked up and we're willing and, and screwed over Kylie. That's how crazy it is that Jordan did this. Exactly. That is this is the craziest story in terms of best friend, best friend relationships that people if you guys saw some of the shit people are coming up with to, to try to make sense of this, where and I get it, I understand where you're coming from, because listen, I can't believe it either. I'm in full-blown denial, but I'm trying to be a little rational about it and, and realize that there is no fucking way, and I know that that family is calculated, there is no way in my mind that this was that intensive a setup. And to everybody that says, and the people that are listening and think that we're crazy for really believing it and not thinking that it's all just a setup around the, the new season premiere, I, I'm telling you right now, this they would not go this far. No, I, they wouldn't. They I really with this particular thing, I just I can't see it. And listen, I fucking hope I'm wrong. I hope that in a month it comes out this is this is all fake and we are so wrong and Jordan and Kylie are back and better than ever. That would be my dream because in that at least Chloe and Kylie would be saved from the heartbreak. But I feel in my soul that that's not the truth. It's not the truth. It couldn't possibly be. And somebody reported and they, and, and they said a source close to the family has said you know, there's a lot of shit the Kardashians have done and a lot of shit that's been set up and whatever. They were like, this is as real as it gets. The cameras are rolling throughout this entire thing. Like, you, we're going to see in a couple of months how this actually played out behind the scenes. And and they said, I promise you, like, it fucking sucks, but it's real. It's real. Um, I also want to talk about quickly, just as, uh, before we get more into it, one of the reports that surfaced. So 
a couple of days ago, Hollywood Unlocked broke a story saying that Kylie and Trist, Kylie, sorry, Tristan and Jordan have been involved for a month, and that this wasn't the first time, and this was kind of just the way that they slipped up almost, and this is how they found out, and that when the story broke, Jordan was really trying to call. Chloe and Kylie and tell her about it. Apparently, Jordan was calling Chloe and saying, listen, I was just at his house to make sure he didn't cheat with anyone else. That's why I was there. Again, this is all alleged, but um, there was that story about it being for over a month. Then a story came out saying that that was dispelled and it really wasn't, it hadn't been going on for a month and this was a one-time thing. On the podcast last week, one of the things that we were theorizing about was the fact that maybe it really was ongoing. Personally, and I want to hear what you have to say about this, I changed my mind. I don't think so. I think I agree completely that she has had an infatuation with him from the moment he stepped into that family and that everything I said about the insecurities playing into it, I still hold that truth. I think that she could not believe that he was so into her and all those, and she kind of just got taken over with emotion. I don't think it was ongoing. I really genuinely do not. I'll tell you what I think. I think it was honestly a combination of both. I think that it was ongoing in the sense that the attention he's been giving her has been maybe ongoing for about a month. I think it's possible that he's been texting for about a month. Like I told you, and we said this last time, I think he gets off on it. I think he got off on this idea that he was able to manipulate her into like screwing over this family that badly. And I think he was doing this thing where he would just text her. Like it started off a little innocent and then he built and he was like, like almost like a very manipulative, convincing way in in my head. That's how I see it. Where he's texting her and he's like, come on, like, it'll be so amazing. They'll never find out. Like, come on, like you and me, baby. And she's just feeding into it. And I think that all like accumulated to being that one night. So I think it's a combination. Yeah, I think they've been talking for maybe a month and I think that maybe this has been on the horizon for a month, but I I cannot imagine that this has been an ongoing hookup for a month. No, no, I think she really just slipped. I really think that it would, and I think that the second it happened, she knew how damaging this was. And I, no, what were you going to say? I was just going to say like, I think she got so caught up in it. And as soon as she came to and realized what she did, that's why she called and covered her ass. She called Chloe and like knew it was going to break. She knew there were people there. She knew it was going to get out. And she would like called Chloe this bullshit excuse. Chloe wasn't going to believe that in a million years. If somebody called me and was like, by the way, I spent the night at your boyfriend's house just to make sure he didn't cheat with anybody. I'd be like, okay, so you slept with my boyfriend. In what world would I believe that? Right. Like, like <laughs> unless that's Jordan's like main job, like, Chris said to her, like, hey, yeah, your job is to be Kylie's best friend. And also just check it on Tristan every once in a while and make sure he's behaving. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What? what? How would that even happen? Why would, why would Chloe, why would she even do that? Like, no, to me, that's, I think that that was her, if that's true, I think that was her grasping at straws thinking, how the fuck can I make sense yeah. of this event? Like, how, what am I supposed to say to her? You know, and, and a lot of people, you know, set, called in and said, well, this was obviously just the Kardashians trying to show Chloe that Tristan ain't shit and like, uh, you know, this Again, is their like, why would they the, use no, her as bait? It's not, it is just not. It is so not. Let, let me tell you something. It doesn't take a fucking rocket scientist to know that Tristan is a scumbag. I think Chloe to a certain extent knew it. And I think that's something that's so interesting that people want to know. And honestly, we want to know is like, how, what was the state of their relationship when this happened? It's, I am still unclear of it. I've read a lot of articles that say they weren't really together. They were kind of working through problems, but they weren't, you know, as, as peachy keen as they had been. It doesn't matter though. It doesn't matter if Tristan was sleeping at Chloe's house every night. It doesn't matter if they weren't talking. It doesn't matter if they were already broken up. There is not a world. They cannot talk for 10 years. Jordan doing this would still be equally as fucked up in my opinion. It only intensifies the situation that she has a kid, like a baby right now, and that they're still on the rocks and figuring their shit out. No, we're 
Tristan could literally be married to someone else and Jordan still doing this would be equally as fucked up. Yeah. Seriously, it would be. You no, just I don't do, do it. Just it's, don't just, do it. it's just girl sister code. You just don't do it. The part about Chloe saying th- that quote that she put on her Instagram, like the worst pain is being hurt by somebody you explained your pain to. Like, that is so true. Like she, I, I just know that like, as soon as this happened, Jordan was there for her because that's, that's who Jordan was to the family. It wasn't just like she was like that to Kylie. Like Jordan and Chloe were incredibly close too. And I am sure that Jordan was there for an incredible amount of conversations where where Chloe poured her soul out and poured her heart out. And then Jordan, that's what really gets me. That Jordan listened, heard everything that Chloe was saying about this guy, how hurt she was, how awful it was. Like it was the worst heartbreak of her life. And then to go around, go back and and sleep with that person, how? No, no, it is it is beyond. I think something that I want to say is like, we got so many messages from people saying, I don't even follow the Kardashians, but I am so into this. I can't tell you how many of my guy friends listen that they don't know anything about this, but they're fascinated. And I'm going to tell you why it is. Every single person can relate to having a best friend that you consider your sibling, that you consider your soul sister or or whoever it is. And you Im- immediately put yourself in the shoes of Kylie and in the shoes of Chloe and that betrayal because everybody on some level has felt betrayal. So this was like a vicarious sense of betrayal that you couldn't believe. It wasn't about the Kardashians being the Kardashians. That's just what magnified it. But it was really about the basic human level of what happened here. And that is what's so captivating to so many. And that is why we are having such a hard time with it from like a psychological perspective. Seriously. No, totally. This is like really fucking crazy. It's really crazy. Um, I also want to just point out the fact that a lot of people were t- two things. The this is this comes this opinion comes the most from in my experience from the inboxes we've gotten from people that really don't like the Kardashians and they say two things. Number one, well, how are you guys going to forget that Chloe was when Chloe and Tristan first linked up that he was cheating on his baby mama with her? We're not forgetting that. No one's saying that's not fucked up, and I think that Chloe would agree that in a certain way that that was karmic and that wasn't right. It's totally different here because that only involves the woman, that only involves him being an asshole and maybe Chloe Chloe having like poor judgment. That does not have any friend betrayal. That has nothing to do with Chloe and that woman being best friends. And also, uh, I think Chloe has come out and said that they weren't together at the time that Jordan, who is Tristan's baby mama from his first kid, that they weren't together when him and Chloe started hooking up. It was definitely fresh and they had definitely just broken up and she had definitely just had a baby, but they weren't together. I don't think it was technically cheating. I don't think- But either could, way, it doesn't matter. Even if it was, I just don't think that it's- And this is not us like defending Chloe at every at every cost. I really do not think that you can compare the two. It's just not the same because it, there's there's an added level here that doesn't exist in the first case, which is the the, the friendship- like, well, that's the same thing that people also keep writing in. And this is the second thing that I think you were going to say, saying, well, Kim and Black China were best friends and Black China and Tyga had a baby together and Tyga and Kylie got together. How is that not the same? It's not the same. Kim and China were friends. They weren't best friends that live in each other's guest house, spend every waking minute together. Yeah, maybe that wasn't the greatest situation, but... Black China was, at that time, when she was friends with Kim, was by no means an extension of the Kardashian family. Jordan is in it. Jordan is part of that family. It's not just the betrayal that she betrayed Kylie by doing this to her sister. She betrayed Chloe head on. They are friends. They are family. She betrayed Chris. She betrayed Chris. She betrayed every single member of that family to the most intense degree. Honestly, I would rather betray my own mom than Kris Jenner. Uh, I mean, I can't think of anything scarier. I mean, I I can't even imagine. Which brings us, actually— 
excellent and non-intentional transition. Non-intentional at all, because I, I don't even know what you're about to say. <laughs> Into the list of a million questions that we have, which you guys had too. And guys, we have so much to talk about. I, I can't even. Okay. So first of all, Chris Jenner, speaking of Chris Jenner, how is she reacting to this? And I think everybody's first mind is, yes, she goes into mom mode and she's protective of Chloe and she's protective of Kylie. But I think also momager mode is probably even more active. So the first question we had is like, is she immediately ending all of Jordan's monetary ties to the family? As far as we know, those are the lip kit collabs, which we already know are on sale for 50% off, Jordan's modeling gig on Good American. Um, and that's that's kind of it, I think, in terms of her Actual. That I know off, yeah. That well, I, but also, what about any residuals from Life of Kylie? And what about any? Um, well, she has to get paid to be in Keeping Up with the Kardashians. I was about to say, I'm sure general. she has to get paid for Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Is she, are they going to cut her from this season? Are they like those are real things that I have no idea how that's going to play out? But that's a very interesting thing to think about because this is not a regular situation where the mom is taking on the protective role. It's she's taking on the protective emotional role, and she's also taking on the role of business manager and making sure that this snake like behavior isn't fucking up their money. The thing with Chris is that, and, and it's honestly a little surprising when you think of Chris Jenner in terms of a businesswoman, is that she is incredibly forgiving. And I, if if Chris handles the situation the way she's handled other situations with, you know, ex-boyfriends, especially Chloe's, and the way she handled Lamar and the way she handled Scott, I wouldn't be surprised if she's really, really upset right now, but but hasn't taken that sort of an action because there's a there's a place in Chris's heart where she knows that eventually she's going to be able to forgive Jordan. Well, so that's kind of the question that everybody is asking and that we're asking too. I think that the number one person we're wondering is ever going to forgive Jordan is Kylie. And I think that that in a lot of ways will dictate the rest of the family's response. I don't see a world where Kim forgives her. I see a world where if Kylie and Chloe said to Kim, I need you for our, our sake to be civil— Kim would because she respects them enough. I genuinely think that the only person that could sit here and and potentially forgive Jordan would be Kylie, though. And I I honestly think she will. I do. I, I've been thinking about it a lot. When when we recorded this episode last week, I was like, fuck that. There is no way that she could forgive her. There's not a chance in the world. Like since then, I I have to say, some part of me, like not even purposely, has just started to feel for Jordan, which is like an unusual thing because I th- I think what she does is incredibly fucked up, and and I really I can't imagine fucking over a friend that badly, especially especially a friend that that's close and that you've been through that much with. It's kind of unfathomable, but I don't know. I just have this part of me where I'm like, God, to make one mistake, that's a huge mistake, and fuck up your whole life and fuck up all of your relationships, like no matter what that mistake is, I still feel for you. I, I really do. And no, it's not about you feeling for her. It's about do you think no, no, Kylie no. will feel Okay, for so her. that's what I'm saying. I'm able to draw, like being so detached from the situation and draw some level of sympathy for Jordan. I, I think Jordan, I mean, I think Kylie's got to be able to because it, it, I said this to you. I was like, let's say it was a scenario where Chloe hooked up with Scott. Let's say it was an actual sister hooking up with an actual partner or an actual ex-partner in the family. There's no way the whole family would just write Chloe off and they'd be done with her forever. It would suck and it would take a while and it would probably take a lot of therapy and a lot of working through a lot of shit to get through it. But there's no way that that's done. They never see Chloe again. Kylie, I think, feels, and maybe the rest of the family doesn't, but I think Kylie feels about Jordan the way she would feel about an actual blood sister. And yeah, she fucked up. And yeah, this is going to take a while. And yeah, the relationship is never going to be the same. But I don't think Kylie can write her out of her life. I, I don't know. I think there's so much of me that thinks that you're right because of how much they've gone through. At the same time, I feel like the last thing Kylie wants to do, 
let, let me tell you something. There is no shot. They could, it, it could be 20 years from now, Kylie and Travis are married. I don't believe if they really, if Kylie and Jordan rekindle their friendship, that Kylie would ever feel comfortable leaving Jordan alone with Travis, for example. Like, I think that she is, she's going to have such intense trust issues that it's just going to really impact the level of their relationship. I don't know. I'm so But do you torn. think she has that little, even— do you think she'll have that little trust in, in Travis that she wouldn't do that? Or do you think it's just about Jordan? No, like- it's just and not about Travis at all. It's just about Jordan. I think that this is the most unfathomable circumstance to ever happen, that she really, like, this brings us into the question that is that is on everybody's mind. Did Jordan have an NDA? She knows everything. Yeah. So did she have an NDA? And if not, is she going to have one? And is there legal action being taken? Like, this is not a girl that, like, knows a little. This is a Malika. Yeah. And that's what's so hard about having such close friends outside of the family in this industry. I mean, think about it. Like, if Jordan wanted to be spiteful here, and she could be, if they decide, like, they're not forgiving her, Kylie won't give her time, Chloe, and she's just getting frustrated and angry and wants to explain herself, and maybe she has the story and she knows she's like, if I can just tell them this, like, I can get them to, and they won't listen to her, like, who knows? Jordan writes a tell-all. Could she get mad enough that she writes a tell-all? And, and you know, truthfully— she can make up a bunch of shit. I would be, I would believe every word in that book because of her relationship to that family and what I know she knows. She can make up whatever she wanted in that book. Do you get what do you get what I mean by I, that? I get what you're saying. I I can't I really don't think she would do that because I, I don't think, either. I think but, you want to know why I don't think she would do it because I think that if there was any chance, even a 1% chance that Kylie would forgive her, her writing a quote tell all would end that. And I think to her it is it is of the utmost importance that she has that relationship to that family. I think she will do anything well, apparently to not that. the utmost importance. No, I'm saying in, in uh, yeah, after this, I'm saying like I think right. any she would she would literally do anything to salvage what's there and unless it gets to the point I really don't see it happening honestly, but I guess No, just, I don't either. I'm just saying like what's I guess the question would be what's stopping her then? If if aside from her need to like be part of this family and her want for them to give her if she knows that they're not going to forgive her no matter what she does. I'm not saying I think she's going to, but I am asking, is there something that's going to be able to stop her from doing it? Well, I mean, one could say morals. <laughs> like, well, those are out the window, in my opinion. <laughs> like, I guess any sort of morality would would trump the the monetary value that would arise from that, which I think would be astounding, actually, the amount of money that she can make. Do you think that if she wrote a tell-all book, it would be for monetary gain or a little bit of revenge? Again, I'm not saying she's going to. I'm just saying in this in, scenario in this where this scenario, keeps yeah. going on and, and she just she gets she like gets filled with anger. Like uh, it, there's no more frustrating feeling than trying to explain yourself to somebody and they just won't listen, even on the smallest level. And you're like yelling at them, like you you want to yell and be like, just listen to me. Like if you will understand where I'm coming from, like even though she's not right, I can understand that frustration building. And who knows? What if she gets to a point where she's just so frustrated and so angry that she doesn't know what to do. She just needs an outlet and she she could hypothetically, I'm not saying she's gonna write a tell all, but she could release a bunch of secrets. No, I listen, it's it's possible. I don't know. I will say this was a very interesting point. I love when you guys call in when you write in because um it we really appreciate it because you make us think about things that we maybe haven't thought about. So this really goes into what you're saying. So what we had talked about last time is it's not like Jordan killed a person and it's not like now no brand would ever hire her, right? Or like her career is totally 100% over. That being said, I think that it will take so, so, so much to dig herself out of the depths that she just got herself into and years, honestly, of of public image maintenance and all that kind of stuff. But 
I have to read this email. It's long, but please bear with me because I think it's very, very important that I do so. Someone emailed us with a great point. And it was comparing the Jordan, the Jordan situation to Taylor Swift. And I need you to listen. So they said, I'm referencing the part of the podcast where you question how Jordan could bounce back with so much of pop culture focused on this and Kardashian nation being negative towards her. I just wanted to chime in with some thoughts from a Swifty. Then she writes, it took Taylor Swift a complete hiatus after the Kanye scandal with his lyric about her. She added an entire extra year to her normal album release date. She's had the same amount of time in between albums since 2006, and she sacrificed that. She fucked all of that up to recover and had to take on an entirely new persona on the Reputation album to take back how normal music consumers and non-committed fans view her over one lyric, a phone call, not even an actual face-to-face altercation. She writes, Taylor fucking Swift, one of the most awarded and top-selling artists of our time who already had millions of intensely dedicated fans who would have supported her even through a felony charge. And she still needed life-altering recovery to come back over a feud with the Kardashians that we still don't even have complete clarity over. So basically what people are saying is the marketing and the PR, she's like saying the marketing and PR that went into Taylor Swift's reemergence and how intense that was. What, what do you think Jordan Woods is going to need? She has none of that to back her off. She doesn't have the accolades that Taylor Swift has. And she was also, you know, looked at in negative light by the Kardashians. She's saying if all of Kardashian nation is against you, it takes so much to get you out of that hole. If it took Taylor Swift that much, you think Jordan can do it? Excellent fucking point. I do. And as somebody who is certainly not team Taylor, I, I read that email and I was like, that really is an excellent point. It really was. And it's so true. And, and you know, brands may not want to work with Jordan because they could say, there's no way your stuff's going to sell. There's no way if the entire, and and that's the thing about the scandal. It's not just Kardashian world that's against her. Anybody who has a, that can understand the heartbreak of betrayal like that is against her. People who don't care about the Kardashians don't, are so wrapped up in this because they can't fathom that kind of betrayal. And so if you're losing not only those people that could potentially buy your products, but also all of Kardashian Nation on top of that, then why would a brand choose to work with you? What would they get out of that? What would they get out of that? I do not know. I could see a brand working in terms of an appearance or something where people are like genuinely fascinated and want to spend time with her because they want to be able to talk to her. But Jordan putting her face on a product right now, if anything, is just going to plummet the sales. And we have a real life example of this. We were hanging out with someone and they were like, yeah, by the way, like, do you know how many followers Jordan's lost since this all happened? And I was like, no, I didn't even think about that. And they're like, well, when I unfollowed her, she had already lost 300,000. And we're like, you unfollowed her? And she's like, not only did I unfollow her and she lists 10 different brands. She's like, I unfollowed uh, Opali and all these other ones that worked with her. She's like, and how dare them even continue a relationship? And we were like, wow, people are taking this so seriously. This, This girl that we know, literally unfollowed any brands that continually had a relationship with Jordan out of respect for Chloe. And she wasn't, and she's not even like a huge Kardashian person. That was like from a complete like morality, morality standpoint. Morality standpoint. I know. I know. It is fascinating. Oh, this is something that I we have to talk about. Everybody is so curious. Like, well, so I want I want to talk about the idea of the reports that surfaced about Jordan moving out of the guest house. Yeah. And how Apparently, you know, everything, she's she's totally out now, and she's moved back in with her mom. So people are always saying, I call it the, quote, hop on the guest house mentality that people are accusing Kylie's friends of having, meaning, like, everybody wants that best friend spot and everybody's vying for it. I don't know the level of truth to that at all. I'm not going to speak to it. I'm not going to pretend. I will say one thing. Kylie's other best friend, Stas, who, if you know anything about the Kardashians, you know that she's been involved for a really long time. She was always Kylie's number two. She posted a picture of herself 
randomly in Good American Jeans with and tagged Good American. To me, that was a statement of I'm taking I'm siding with Chloe. Yeah, that no, that was that was a big statement. And and that's the thing. A lot of people have written in and asked us, what do you think about the friend group? Who's gonna take what side? Like, I don't think they're gonna stop being friends with Jordan altogether. Like, I don't I don't think it's Stas's place to say we're not friends anymore and the relationship that we have is affected by this. It it may take a while for them to rebuild it or or have some issues, whatever, and definitely some trust issues, but I don't think it's fair for Stas to say that. I do think that it would be ridiculous for any one of them to take Jordan's side. Jordan has no leg to stand on here. And like, it's honestly so sad. It, it is. So, this was a very close friend group. This was a very intimate close friend group. We're talking the Harry Hudsons, the, the Stasses, all, all of those, those people that are in this group. I can imagine how, how intensely saddening this is for all of them. It's not just about Kylie. It really isn't. I mean, obviously our hearts break the most for her, but it's not just about her. Another person that brings up is Jaden Smith. Where does he fall in this? Jaden and Jordan, so I don't know if you guys know this, but Jordan Woods is and her family is best friends with the Smith family. Since she was literally born, she's been close with them. To the point where like Jada Pinkett posts on posts about Jordan's birthday on Instagram. Yeah, like, like they're they call close. each other Uncle Will and Jada, like Yeah. Obviously, they're also really close to the Kardashians. I don't know whose side he goes on, or maybe he doesn't choose a side. I'm just saying, I that's going to be a very interesting dynamic. Everybody in Hollywood is so intertwined; they're always together. How is that going to play out? Like, she, I think we always all viewed her as just Kylie Jenner's best friend. And in a lot of ways, I think that that was her title. And yes, that's what she was the most known for. But she also has her own life. Like, if Will and 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 Jada decided to have a party, Jordan would be invited, and so would the Kardashians. You know right. what I mean? It's not like they're going to choose one or the other. It's between up to them to see how they're going to react. Like, it is so mind-blowing. My mind is blown. I cannot fathom this. I can't fathom how this is going to play out. I wish I had such—I wish I had a clearer picture. I think what's so fascinating about Jordan throughout all of this is, like, the power of temptation. Like, the fact that this temptation could override any sort of, like, logical decision-making. Like, and it's true, like, there, we've all made moments, like, a split second and not thought of the outcome. And, and this is one where you're like, how could you not? But it's true. It's like, maybe she thought that it would fuck up a relationship with Kylie. Maybe she knew that it would fuck up a relationship with the family. I don't think she was able to think so far ahead as to say, this is going to fuck up every brand relationship I have. Every, like, everything from this point forward is going to be fucked up because of this one action I'm taking on this one night. I can, okay, you know what I, you know when you're, everybody put yourself in this situation and tell me if you can follow along as I'm talking. So, you know, if there's a guy, girls, and just, just think in terms of, of, of your mind. So you're at a party and there's a guy that you're super into and you haven't had any physical contact with him and you start talking and it kind of gets intense. And like, every time he touches you, he puts his hand on your shoulder. You start to like, you feel it in your whole body. You get the chills. You know what I, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it's a feeling that goes through your entire body. And they whisper in your ear, and like you feel, I feel like I'm telling like a romance novel. No, I'm just saying. I was like, and tell like, me more. <laughs> and he like whispers in your ear, and you when when you're, it tickles. I feel you. like we're like, oh yeah, what are you gonna do next? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm reciting Fifty Shades of Grey. No, but do you understand what I'm saying? And like, then all of a sudden you're tied up. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? That feeling in that moment, it's like. You can't explain it. You cannot right. explain the, the rush that goes through your body and your mind. You do things that you just wouldn't normally do. That is how I think Jordan was in the situation. I can imagine 
and Tristan being so fuck, he's as I said last time, he's a fucking asshole, but he is sexy as all hell. And he's there and he's touching her. He's on like his hands are on her hips. He's talking into her ear. He's maybe kissing her neck, and she just loses it. And she thinks with the wrong organ. And this is what happened. And again, I'm really not empathizing because I cannot imagine throwing so much away for that. But I I just want us all to put yourself in that situation. There's a part of you that not empathizes, but understands how it happened. Exactly. I guess, so to speak. Exactly. It's mind-blowing and it is mind-boggling and the betrayal is on a next level. But just from like a sexual perspective, think about it. Someone that you're so into, I I don't know, it can make you do fucking weird things. I think it's, I I think this is such a good lesson for all of us in in decision-making. Because there is, there's a lot of times where like everybody does this. It's human nature to just do something because in that moment you want it so badly and you just your brain blocks out the consequences. It's like, it doesn't allow you to think what's going to go wrong because you're so focused in the moment. And the endorphins. And yeah, and it's not right. And it's, and it's fucked up, but it's, it happens. It's not, she's, listen, she's not the first person to fuck over a friend. This is, it's simply not the case. People fuck over their best friends every single day. People fuck over their family. Like, it's just, from our perspective, watching this all go down and the way we feel and the way we can put ourselves in Chloe or Kylie's shoes, it makes it impos- impossible to put ourselves in Jordan's shoes almost. Impossible. Um, we actually got in a call from Justin Sylvester. He is the host of Ease Daily Pop. He's at the Lady Sitter on Instagram. He's hilarious. Um, and <laughs> I was watching Daily Pop and I see him start talking about our podcast. So he called in with the interesting thought that I personally totally agree with and I want a place that we can then discuss. So let's cut to that. Ladies, I just listened to your Jordan Woods podcast, and I'm living for all the conspiracies, living, living, living. I think sometimes the universe does things to people that they don't understand. And right now, this may be heartbreaking for Chloe and devastating, but I think this may have been the catalyst for her to really let Tristan go out of her heart. Yes, he will always be True's father. Yes, he will always be in her life. But I think there was a little piece of hope and a little piece of "Mm, maybe this might happen for us that Chloe was holding on to. And this was what she needed. She needed him to get this low and this dirty for her to let him go completely. And I think she will find ultimately the man of her dreams. Okay, hold on. The red carpet is starting. They are calling me over the intercom. I will talk to you guys later. Love you. Justin, you know I love a good universal story. And yes, that is exactly what I think. I think that, and I I tried to say this at the end of last episode to try to instill like some sort of positivity or optimism in all of our lives because we're so distraught over this. I think that's true. I think this was the universe's way of saying, and it was a really fucked up way to do it, universe, by the way, because they have to fuck up everyone in the process. But I think it was the universe's way, not Kris Jenner's way, not Kris Jenner, but the universe saying, listen, Chloe, he ain't shit. And this is, if, if you were holding on to even a glimmer of hope, let me smash all of that hope so that you can move on with your life and that you can realize that you deserve to be treated like the queen that you are. Something interesting that you said last week that just reminded me is that we were talking about Jordan and Kylie's friendship and how fucking up one night doesn't erase however many years we said 21, which isn't correct, but we were just so caught up in the number (laughs) that we were like, they've been friends their whole life. And everyone was like, okay, like a little bit middle school. We're like, 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 oh my God, just like go with the number. But anyways, (laughs) like um, how we spoke about how it doesn't take away those years of friendship and all of the times they had together. Do you think that still applies to the relationship that Tristan and Chloe had? Because for me, 
I have trouble believing that somebody who was that loving and that kind to her and that amazing to her just one day decided to become this extreme fuckboy and like fuck everything up and without regard. To me, it takes away it takes away what they had previously. I th- to me, it feels like it was just built on a lie the whole time. A thousand percent. And I think that, first of all, great point. And I also, that's a really important distinction between the two. You cannot compare the history that Jordan and Kylie have to the history Chloe and Tristan had. Because as far as we know, Jordan and Kylie's history was beautiful, spotless. Tristan and Chloe's was plagued with infidelity, with insecurity, with, with lack of trust, with cheating, all of these things. What it was, was I do think there was a deep love, but I think there was also a deep infatuation. I think this guy is a professional bullshit artist. I think he is a charming, like all hell. I really do. I think that, I think he walks in, as we said, he has the Bill Clinton appeal where he kind of just like makes you melt. I really think that that's the case. I don't think it was ever as intense or significant as, as, uh, as Chloe, as Kylie and Jordan. I don't, I think you're totally right. Yes. To me, it erases it because to me, it never really existed. Right. That's how I feel. And never, it, it. At the time, it felt so real, and and I can so remember watching them like in the very beginning, and be like, "Oh my god, this is it for her." I was like, "I am so happy for her that she found somebody who just loves her," and even when they announced that baby, it was like the most exciting thing. And and when that came crashing down, maybe the first cheating scandal, I wasn't like, "Okay, it doesn't erase it. He did something fucked up. It it's not right. He's fucked up." But I think what they had was real. I I no longer think what they had was real, and I think that is probably the most difficult part for Chloe. I completely agree. She's really looking back on it. And I, you know what I think it is? And I think everybody can relate to this, like all of us, and think in your own lives. And this is another reason why I think it's so intense. When something happens like this and someone that you felt so strongly, such a strong connection to betrays you, whether that's the whole family to Jordan or Chloe to Tristan, you for a second start to second guess your own judge of character. And it's the best feeling to know that you can go with your gut and that you can trust your judge of character and that you can trust yourself. And when something like this happens, it really kind of throws you for a fucking loop and you start to question everything else in your life and your own judge and your own parameter. And that is very scary. That is a very scary feeling when you can't even trust yourself. And I'm telling you right now from a psychological perspective, that is the spin that she went into. I, I really believe that. I think she was like, holy fuck. What choices have I been making? How off is my is my moral compass? Like, I think she's going to— You mean Kylie, right? I mean both of or them. both of them. I think that they're going to have to do some intensive, intensive therapy, seriously, because I think that they may think, oh, my God, we're so caught up in this world, we haven't even— And that's not the truth. I think, listen, how, nobody could have expected to see this happen, but you can't not question it when this happens. You right. can't not. You think like, you're the issue. What signs have I been missing this whole time? What was pointing at this? It, you know, it's really interesting because I think there's— there's a part of Chloe that could definitely see a lot of herself in Jordan and and maybe try to think back to herself and what she was like at 21. And, and you know, Chloe is no no stranger to, like, these feelings of insecurity and, and extreme insecurity that she spoke about her whole life. And, and I just, I wonder if there is a part of Chloe that could understand and, and relate to that insecurity and, and the way it affects your decision-making. Because think about Chloe and, and her insecurities and, and clearly, A, the way it's, it's portrayed in the way she picks men and and her past relationships. But also when you're so caught up in something, for example, not even Tristan, but let's go back to Lamar. She did everything she could for Lamar. And there, and she was, you know, lying to her whole family for like such an extended period of time because she was so caught up in this feeling of like, I love him. He loves me. I finally found someone who thinks I'm beautiful and amazing and, and I need to stick with him and I need to help him. I need to make sure he's okay. And I just wonder if there's a part of Chloe that can look back at herself at a younger age and 
understand how insecurity can play into your actions right. in that extreme way. And you know what? If, it, if, if Chloe's forgiving history has to do with, like, if it repeats itself, then potentially it can. I, I do not know. I also have to ask a question because I'm curious what you guys think about this, and I and I'm curious. You and I actually haven't spoken about this. Is like, what are Tristan's friends thinking? Everybody who knows knows that he has two best friends, Simon and Savas, who Chloe has become friends with, who Chloe has become family with. When Chloe spent Christmas in Cleveland, she literally made their holidays. Took her to the hospital when she was having the baby. I mean, this is like they became incredibly, incredibly close. These guys to them are like previously how Jordan was to Kylie. Like they're really close. And they totally stuck with him throughout the whole cheating thing. I'm sure that they thought it was fucked up, especially because they love, they really did love Chloe and I'm sure they felt for her. What do you think they're thinking? Do you think his friends realize how messed up this is? Or they're like, ah, oh, it's just Tristan. Like, we know that side of him. We, we have to choose to love him. We, we've seen all the way he felt like he's fucked over women in the past. What do you think? You know, it's interesting because I think if they weren't as close with Chloe, I don't think they'd care. I just think the the men mentality a lot of times is a lot different than the female mentality. Um, when it comes to friendships and and what you can consider betrayal and, and, you know, your friend's actions. But I think they truly love Chloe, and I, I would imagine that they're incredibly disappointed in Tristan. I, I don't know if that's going to translate to them never being friends again because I just, again, I don't have that insight to, like, male-on-male friendships and, and what makes or breaks them and, and what, you know, but they loved Chloe. Like, and, and I think they still do, and I think if they— I think it's going to be hard for them to be with Tristan and and know how good of a thing he fucked up because Chloe was an amazing thing for him. Like it, Chloe, you know, we've said a lot of things about her insecurities and stuff, but the one thing about Chloe that we always say is that like she would do anything. She would go to the ends of the earth for the person that she loves and, you know, to throw that all away, it, you have to have some serious problems and and I have to imagine that his friends are are really zoned into that. I I agree. And do you think that they're ever curious of like I'm not leaving him alone with my wife? Like I seriously. I literally wouldn't leave him alone with anybody. And I do not trust him for a half a second. I think he, every single thing that I said last week, I stick to. I think he gets psychologically off on this. I think he has no regard. I think he's completely sexually uh, focused and really, really, it completely overrides any ounce of morality. Like, I, I, I think there's a screw loose. It's so interesting because a lot of people have been reporting, and this is something that I've read a lot, is that Tristan doesn't think what he did is wrong. Like, he, he, you know, was like, yeah, I fucked one of her friends. Like, who, like, I, I genuinely think that he has no remorse in this situation. I don't think he cares that he fucked over this girl. I don't think he cares that he manipulated her into this situation. I don't think he cares that he fucked over Chloe. I don't think he cares that he fucked over Kylie. And that's what I'm saying, that the whole relationship was built on a lie. Because if you can have a relationship with someone that, that was that special and have a baby with them and still not care that you have fucked up their entire life, that's a different type of sociopathic shit. Absolutely, I agree with you a thousand percent. I I'm so invested in this. Holy shit. I can't even believe like my my body language. Well, somebody right now. wrote to us and 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 they were talking about the power of female friendship and and how you don't have to like the Kardashians or like reality or like pop culture even at all to understand that kind of betrayal and understand, you know, when you have a friend you're that close with, it it takes a lot of trust to get to that place. Like it doesn't happen overnight and and yes, they've been friends for so long, but this took a while to build and and you sit with somebody and, and you go through all, the, you know, the pains of their life and they talk to you about the things that hurt them and you talk to them about the things that hurt you and, and you build this unbelievable trust. And it just goes to show that like 
that trust can be taken away in one moment. In one fucking moment. And as that's well as the why Cartier it's so, bracelets. <laughs> right. And that's why it's so hard to fathom that like you could sit there and put all of this effort into a relationship and like you can hear these things and hear somebody divulge their like deepest, darkest feelings and secrets to you and go turn around and fuck them over. It, it That's what's unfathomable about it. I'm literally the shaking my head meme right now. Like I I know, I, that's, I know it's unfathomable. Fucking believable. It would genuinely like, and I'm I, I, like, not even to bring this up again, but like, it would be like you talking to me everything about your mom, and then me fucking you over one day. And yeah. it's like, how did I sit there and pour my soul out to that person and have them hurt me like that? I no, Julie, I can't envision it. I really, really can't. It is so, oh, which I want to. <laughs> last week, if you guys listened to part one, you know that we had a very anxiety filled caller Colin really uh, who we thought captivated the the vibe that everybody was feeling about this collective panic he called in again with a point that I think is a good way to end because at least it brings us some positivity uh, so let's cut to that girl this is Kay your Kardashian correspondent I called in last week I'm calling back in with a few thoughts I've tried to do some meditating and some breathing exercises over the past few days to really just just rein it in so I'm not as frantic, but I've taken my notes, and here's what I have to say. I want to dedicate this voicemail to Malika. Malika, I have realized, is like the girl in in elementary school that is one of the last picks for dodgeball or kickball, but she is like the MVP of the team. Like, she comes through when it counts. She is loyal. She is there for you, and honey, we all know that that's what we need in our life, and so I want to give a shout to her because she's been there the longest. She's overlooked, but in this whole thing, I am like Team Malika. Her those videos that Kim deleted of her Malika. I mean, those gave me life. I just, I, I I'm just, I, I'm really here for Malika. I also want to know your thoughts. My friends and I have been discussing. Do you think a year from now that Kylie and Jordan will be friends? I'm thinking no, but let me know your thoughts. Sending you lots of love and, whew, it has been a time, ladies. It has been a time. Bye. Yes, it has been a time, let me tell you. <laughs> um, in regards to the, will they be friends in a year? We touched on that. We don't know. Julie thinks there's a good chance. I think I'm still torn on it. I can't imagine it, but then again, who knows? In regards to Malika, this is how we want to end. I'm giving Malika MVP of this entire situation, and I'm going to tell you why. Malika has been, and I know, God, please don't tell me in a year's time that something like this happens and she betrays her and then we're all screwed. But Malika and Scott fuck. I was about to say, if Malika and Scott fuck, I'm just like checking myself in. Like I can't, I can't handle anything. I'm being treated for exhaustion. Like 2007 celebrity style exhaustion treatment. I'm going to a hospital. I'm staying there for a month. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There is no shot. Um, this We're dedicating this to Malika because she has been a true ride or die. She has been by Chloe's side through everything. I think she will continue to be. I think she is the only glimmer of hope in Chloe's entire world where she genuinely can look at her and be like, without you, I would not be able to get through this without my daughter and without you. And I'm not discounting the effect that her siblings have and the, and the amount of trust and, and the way she leans on her siblings. I'm telling you, I think Malika is the girl here that is going to bring Chloe out of this because Malika will go so hard for her and always has and always will. And God, I hope that stays true. Please, we can't handle it. Malika, if you are listening, please continue to be your shining, bright, supportive, loyal self because none of us, and I speak on behalf of all of Kardashian Nation, quite frankly, the world, we can't handle it. We just can't handle it. And I don't see Malika ever fucking her over. So you know what? Neither do I. If there's one takeaway from this whole thing and this whole situation, it's that you better think your actions fucking through and, and value your friendships because... Yeah, because it can be taken from you 
in the blink of an eye. So with that being said, that is all for now. We tried to get in as much as we can. We will be updating you guys as we know things. We'll be keep making memes, so don't you worry. Don't you worry. And our heart, again, goes out to Chloe, goes out to Kylie, goes out to Jordan, honestly, goes out to everybody involved in this situation. Except for Tristan. Everybody except for Tristan. Like those memes of like, good morning to everybody except for Tristan Thompson. That's how I feel. I have some sort of empathy or sympathy for everybody involved with the exception of Tristan. So guys, thank you for sticking with us. As much as you keep saying to us that you need us to help help you process this, that's how we feel. We feel very lucky that there's this community of people that can take this as seriously as we have been taking it and really be along this ride for us. So we will keep you in the loop. And oh, guys, we're all in this one together. We'll see you next week. We really are. Goodbye, guys. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics Mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. Welcome to Nada Yada Island. This season on Nada Yada Island. When we were new, they spoiled me. They even gave me a phone. But then, it's like I didn't exist. Don't take yada yada from your wireless carrier. Now with Metro, get that new customer feeling again and again. Introducing Metro Flex. Free 5G phones when you join, same deals as new customers when you stay. Only at Metro by T-Mobile. Just bring your number and ID and sign up for an eligible plan. After 12 months, trade in and get our best deals on select devices.